Welcome to the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast, helping one student at a time. Visit NPTEFF.com to enroll today so you can pass tomorrow. Thank you for joining us here on the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast. My name is David. And my name is Emily. Today, we will be discussing forefoot varus and valgus. It is important to note that hindfoot valgus and varus is equally as important to understand. Since these topics are rather in-depth, we have created two separate podcast episodes to make it easier to learn or review this information. So forefoot varus involves inversion of the forefoot on the hindfoot when the subtalar joint is held in a neutral position. Normally, there should be between 35 and 45 degrees of a valgus tilt of the head and neck of the talus to the trochlea. If there is less than this 35 to 45 degree angle, then forefoot varus is seen. Forefoot varus contributes to a decreased medial longitudinal arch resembling a pes planus foot. There are several different types of classifications for forefoot varus, which include compensated, partially compensated, and uncompensated. These classifications are based on the compensations that are occurring at the subtalar joint. A forefoot varus deformity presents with the medial side of the foot higher than the lateral side. To assist the medial side of the forefoot to reach the ground for efficient weight bearing, the subtalar joint may excessively pronate as the mid-stance phase begins, which is referred to as a compensated forefoot varus. This compensation may result in the following conditions. Patellofemoral syndrome, extreme stress on peroneus longus and the forefoot, tibialis posterior tenosynovitis, medial ligamentous stress, shin splints, plantar fasciitis, Morton's neuroma. The first ray may be dorsiflexed and hypermobile, leading to conditions such as hallux valgus, bunions, and subluxations of the first MTP joint. Increased loading on the second metatarsal head, which can lead to callus formation under the second metatarsal, metatarsalgia, or a stress fracture, and finally, a fifth-digit hammer too. Okay, so next we are going to discuss a partially compensated forefoot varus, which is when there is some compensatory subtalar joint pronation occurring. However, it is inadequate to allow the forefoot to fully evert and touch the ground. And finally, let's discuss an uncompensated forefoot varus. This is when there is no available compensatory subtalar joint pronation occurring to compensate for the forefoot inversion. This is often seen in combination with a hindfoot varus. This leads to excessive weight bearing on the lateral side of the foot during the stance phase. Time to discuss forefoot valgus. Forefoot valgus involves eversion of the forefoot on the hind foot when the subtalar joint is in the neutral position. 
This is an increased valgus tilt of the head and neck of the talus to its trochlea, which is greater than 35 to 45 degrees. Forefoot valgus contributes to decreased medial longitudinal arch, resembling planus foot. Primarily, two structural types of forefoot deformities are seen. The first being that all metatarsal heads are everted, and the second being that the first metatarsal head may be plantar flexed, and second to fifth metatarsal heads are in the applicable plane, which is the pes cavo varus. Something important to discuss is the classifications of forefoot valgus. To discuss compensated forefoot valgus, we'll have to break it down. Forefoot valgus is weight-bearing on the medial side of the foot. To bring the lateral side of the foot to the ground, compensatory supination must occur at the subtalar joint. This supination occurs at a rate that is much sooner than in a normal foot. Compensations may result in the following conditions. Lateral ankle sprains, iliotibial band syndrome, plantar fasciitis, anterior tarsal tunnel syndrome, toe deformities, sesamoiditis, leg and thigh pain, knee and patellofemoral joint problems, and also low back and sacral dysfunction. Clinically, forefoot valgus presents itself with two distinct types, rigid and flexible. Rigid forefoot valgus does not adapt to the load, hence why it is called rigid. The hind foot is in a normal relationship with the lower leg. Therefore, heel contact is seen in stance phase. The mid-tarsal joints do not have a compensatory supination. Therefore, the lateral side of the foot does not weight bear. With rigid forefoot valgus, the foot will have a pes cavus appearance. Flexible Forefoot valgus does adapt to the load and is mobile. The heel contact is normal. However, the weight bearing occurs in order of the first metatarsal head to the fifth metatarsal head, not the other way around, fifth to first, which is a normal pattern. The first ray dorsiflexes and mid-tarsal joint supinates, thereby bringing the lateral side of the foot to weight-bearing. Now that you understand forefoot valgus and bears, here is a quote from John Lennon. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. So go out and live life to the fullest. Go seize the day. Go out and get what you want. Go create it. You are powerful. You are strong. You are a final frontier warrior. And you will pass. Thank you very much for listening. For more information on NPTE Final Frontier, 
please visit NPTEFF.com. You can also check out all of our social media platforms, such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Till next time, have a great day and a powerful tomorrow.